0: Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Jo, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly. And it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. I am so excited to be interviewing a friend of mine, Dr. Ahava Shira, who is a poet, author, and writing mentor and creator of Loving Inquiry, dedicated to helping writers cultivate self love and a deep connection with themselves and others through writing alone and in community. Through her transformative writing programs, Ahava creates safe, nurturing spaces where writers are supported to free their voices tell their stories, and develop supportive and compassionate relationships with themselves and other writers. Co-author of Writing Alone Together, Journaling in a Circling of Women for Creativity, Compassion, and Connection in 2014, Ahava's teachings are grounded in 35 years of creative writing experience, 25 years as a professional facilitator, and 20 years of Buddhist meditation practice. Ahava is also a passionate dancer and filmmaker. Through her creative work, she explores the vulnerability and resilience of being human, and the wonder and beauty of intimate connection with the natural world. Oh, that just gave me chills because I know every part of that bio is absolutely true. So, welcome to the show today, Ahava. It's so glad so you're great here. Great to
1: be here. Thanks.
0: And it was you know as as we as I tend to do before I do a podcast recording, we always end up chatting, and so many of the golden nuggets come out before we even hit record, so I'm really excited about this interview today because I am part of your email newsletter, and we will put a link down below so that you can join Ahava's email newsletter, which goes out every Friday, and she sends these beautiful pieces of writing with thought-provoking questions that you can do your own journaling at home with, and I absolutely love being a part of that community. So just before we get into sort of the the really, you know, juicy parts of this interview, how did you originally become an author and a poet as a profession?
1: I, I didn't know that when I was growing up, so as a young, I know, a teenager, um, I didn't know that Uh, writing was going to be something that I did so I only came well only I came to writing in I guess I was actually 20 when I bought my first journal I was on my way to Europe for the summer backpacking by myself I bought a journal and uh, filled it and then some that summer and it was actually mostly in point form during that summer but toward the end i actually even have a few loose leaf pages tucked into that journal i still have that journal that was back from uh, in 19 summer of 1987 so it's like uh, 35 30 some, yeah 35 years ago was a year i was born <laughs> oh my gosh okay so we, we get a sense of like our age difference yeah. here a little bit <laughs> a great year um yeah <laughs> so uh i you know um Already, even in that first journal, there was a sense of, you know, the words were something that I, uh, that I was um, coming to more uh, familiarity with, but also that they, they were growing, they were coming out of me, you know. And then uh, yeah. it took a few more years before I started to write um, like regularly, um, like, like never, I don't even know, probably since then, so probably since 89, I've never not had a journal um, and then, of course, it then it, it, it moved on when I think I got my first computer in one of those big honking. <laughs> the big, big box so computers. Exactly. I think yes. that was like yeah. 99, 2000 was when I got my first. Yeah. I think I got my first email account in the late 90s when I published my first poetry book, actually. Um, so, I, you know, I started to um, I started I, I grew up in Montreal and I moved to to B.C., to Vancouver in the early 90s. And, uh, but I already in Montreal, I started to, what happened was that I was writing in my journal, you know, sentences and, but there was something that was happening where I started to play with the words on the page and I started to listen. So I became quite curious and, uh, I mean, it was very intuitive. I just started to listen more to language and be curious and excited about language. So I was, you know, shaping the text on the page, leaving white space, and also playing with the sounds and meanings of words. So I started to do Mm -hmm. that a little bit in Montreal. And then when I moved to BC, I had, uh, it it really started to mushroom in terms of my uh, excitement. And then I I was writing a lot of poetry. And then uh, this was like 94. And it was interesting, because I was in a relationship. And uh, he was having all kinds of stuff going on. So he kind of like basically made made a boundary and made some space for me. So all of a sudden I had a lot of time b- to myself and it was, yeah. I was, I was really upset, but then it, I turned it into, oh, this is creative time. And so I started to take all of my poems from my journals and put them in another journal. And I started to edit them and work with them. And then um, in the... Spring of 95, I had my first poetry performance, public poetry performance, spoken word. Cool. cool. My partner at the time was a musician. And so, and it was, so happened, uh, I mean, for people in Vancouver, um, I don't know, it doesn't exist anymore. Black Sheep Books, right beside the NOM on 4th Avenue, right? It was like this this iconic bookstore. And I had my first, my debut performance, there were, uh, like, there was a sold out house. I, I was like, full crowd. And I did an hour long show. My first performance, I was spoiled. I got a whole hour. My partner played music like drums and guitar. And I had this whole set of, of poetry and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. It was, uh, so th- yeah. that was when I started to, you know, I basically the public performance of my words, uh, and, uh, and then it took me a few, actually at the end of that performance, like a few young women came up to me and they said, do you have a book? Do you have a book? I'm like a book, a book. This is my first performance. So it took me yeah. a few years actually. So that was an, uh, that was in 95 and in 98, I, I am kind of a glutton for, 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 uh, years. Like I'm very good at Yeah. I guess partly I think it's because of the journal. Cause I'm
0: always like aware of the yeah, time. Yeah. Remembering. Yep.
1: So in 98, fall of 98, I published my first poetry book. And, uh. Amazing and then it's kind of and then i moved to salt spring island where i've been living for 23 years and then my my own writing and my teaching started to unfold here on the island.
0: Yeah, and you have a phd in language and literacy education and i know that this is something that you are so passionate about particularly with teaching women and coach or mentoring women uh in in finding their voice and being able to express themselves in different ways. So with the teaching that you do, what are some of the ways that you find are empowering about writing and, and how does that, you know, how do you express that to these, to these women that you work with? Mm-hmm.
1: And it all comes out of my own learning. So early on, um, I, I read a book by a woman. I have to. I have to pay homage to her because she's inspired lots and lots of writers. Her name is Natalie Goldberg. She was a, a, a Zen uh, Buddhist practitioner and also a writer and a writing teacher. And she wrote a book called Writing Down the Bones. She also wrote a book called Wild Mind. And and her whole her whole um, philosophy was around really we need to create a space of freedom. We have a lot of constrictions. We all grow up in school with ideas of what the right grammar is or what punctuation is or the right spelling or how to say things in a certain way, you know, and uh, and that has its place. It certainly has its place in certain contexts. But if we uh, what I what I discovered in the journal that was so freeing was that I didn't have to uh, I didn't have to say it the way someone else told me how to say it. And that I could actually start to explore different ways of speaking, of writing, of telling my stories, of telling my experience. And that was really liberating and exciting. And so what I find when I'm working with other writers is a similar thing, that we have these ideas of what good writing is or how I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to write. And my personally, I think that my job and responsibility as a mentor is to open those ideas up. And to per- create spaces that um, give a lot of uh, a lot of freedom and possibility, so that that we, women and writers can start to explore um, their own voice as opposed to parroting how they think things are supposed mm, to say. Yeah, I mean, we all love you know. There's, I mean, we know that there's you know. Endless books out there, and endless beautiful writing and and you know probably not some beautiful writing, but we all have different ideas of what's good writing, right? I like to actually talk yep. to my writers about this um but, but but your idea of good writing might be different than my idea, right? so what we yeah. resonate with in other writers is different right and so what how we express ourselves is different. My way of of writing totally. is going to be different than yours so how, how do you um so giving the chance to uh, to writers to explore, dive in, open up, make them, you know, get messy, like loosen things up so they can see, well, what's, what are some of my ways of expressing myself? And we don't, we have to have a space where we have permission to do that. So I, one of the biggest things is giving people permission mm-hmm. to explore, to open up, to expand, to play. Yeah. Like I'm a big proponent, proponent of play.
0: Yes. Yes. I love that. And the the word permission really stands out for me because you went, you know, I did, I did business school. So it was obviously a complete opposite of what you did. And what you learn in business school is like how to write a contract, how to write a letter or an a proper email. And it's so black and white, you know, you follow the structure and it's like this point here, then that point you use this type of language and, and it's so cookie cutter versus what you're talking about when it comes to poetry or sharing your voice. It's allowing that creativity to just run wild. And there are no limits. There are no boundaries or parameters or fences around the yard that you have to stay within, right? It's, it's that really freedom and liberating. And I know that that's something that you incorporate into other aspects of your life. You're a very passionate dancer. And every morning you get up in your living room and (laughs) dance your energy away, which I absolutely love. So I can see how the two completely integrate to each other. So with your, with your teachings in giving women that safe space and that permission, can you tell us a little bit about the programs that you do and the sort of environment that it creates in terms of the, you know, what you've, what you've spoken about to supporting each other and, and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And, and it, um, I, I, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, know, so I mentioned, you know, I, I think it's really important to mention the mentors that have given us permission to be who we are. Right. For sure. So, um, my PhD supervisor, um, his name was Carl Lego Dr. Carl Lego and uh he was a, a, a the word that comes to mind is mischievous writer um also a you know a poet and um always uh talking about uh we all have stories that we all there's many different ways to tell our stories and my again in in my in my workshops my my goal my gift is providing inspiration and different ways I call them liberating constraints so it's it's daunting if we go to the page without any kind of a sense of um actually I I can borrow from my my doctoral work and my loving inquiry practice so we need gates in a sense we you know you said like you know no fences no but we do need something to help us in so I use prompts, and a prompt can be a lot of different things. It could be a piece of music. It could be a dance. It could be um, a, a, a line from your favorite book. It could be uh, a question, like the ones that I right. that I you know wrote. Steering in my, them in the in right my,
0: direction. Yeah, but so guiding and, them in the right direction. Yeah, it's just, yeah.
1: it's an opening, literally. Like I say, yeah. it's a gate. It's an opening, yeah. and each person takes it in completely their own direction. Mm. And we don't know, because the so I'll, I'll invite them in with, with that prompt, and then, okay, see where it takes you. See where it takes you. And it's, I, I, uh, it's, it's a joy. So what happens in my workshops is, uh, as, as you said in my bio, I am co-author of this book, Writing Alone Together. And in that book, we have uh, four practices that we, this was a, two other women and I who started to write together uh, long to all longtime journal writers. And we, uh, we started to write together as a practice just seeing what would this be like to take this private thing of journal writing and do it in a group and write. So we did that. And then pretty quickly, we realized there was something that was happening between us and we ended up it took us seven years, so he wrote this book about our process and about wow. <laughs> how to do this together. Yes, exactly. Commitment. First years, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Writing alone together. Many different uh, layers of meaning in that writing alone together. Um, but the uh, so there's four practices that we do and the first one is this writing freely, right? Writing really creating that space for for the writing to go where it wants to go, for really giving ourselves that, that permission to play. And then there is, and then this is facilitated through prompts. And then the second practice is reading aloud. And that always shocks people. And (laughs) um, we get a lot of uh, hesitation. It's always voluntary, but um, giving voice. So it's one thing to write our words, but then to actually give voice to our words is a whole other thing. Cause I think our voices uh, are really, really important, I I'm want to say, you know, all of our voices as human beings and as more than human beings. And as women, um, I think we have a lot to learn about how we use our voices and using our voices. Uh, so really putting our voice to our words is very, mm-hmm. very empowering, terrifying because we're afraid of being judged, of course, yeah, and afraid of not saying the right thing, afraid of being rejected, uh, so my, again, my role as a facilitator is to create the safest of space where there is, um, again, permission to read. And the the energy that's coming back is kindness, um, non-judgment, acceptance, curiosity. So we're really learning how do we receive someone else's words in a way that is um, supportive. Yeah, yeah. and. And and in doing that, so what I hear a lot, and I know I've been on the receiving end too of this, what I hear a lot from my writers is that to be able to share our words and then be received with that kind of generous, loving attention is so healing. Mm. So I mean, many people call it therapeutic. Right. It's so, uh, and uh, and also to and and then. The fourth, so that's uh, the third. Third practice, which which is what everybody else is doing, as the per- first person is reading, is listening deeply, and so listening. When we talk about listening deeply, it's with that curiosity and openness. And you know, judgments come up because our minds do judge, but it's uh, then not believing or, or you know, putting aside the judgments and coming back to that place of openness and non judgment. Um, and then the fourth practice is bearing witness, because that's what we're doing ongoingly with this work. Is that we are, again, I hear from writers and from um, I do a, work a lot with women. So from the women in my writing workshops and in my month-long programs and one-to-ones, that um, the the sense of being able to dive deep into our own stories and really touch into. Our own joys and sorrows, and you know, passions and and fears, etc. Um, but then also to hear each other's, yeah, and see our commonalities, the universality of our experience, as well as our differences. It's astonishing. It's so beautiful and yeah. creates such deep intimacy and connection and community amongst the groups.
0: One of the things that you said uh, when we were speaking before we hit record was the compassion that is created and and experienced and one thing that you mentioned just now which really which really resonated with me is learning how to listen you know because there's so many people out there who are great at talking and great at sharing but they're not necessarily great at listening and holding space for others and showing that compassion and really deep understanding and curiosity of somebody else's journey and that that how that looks different from their journey and that both journeys while they might be totally different are perfectly okay you know and and I think also in that listening we are learning how to be more patient and not just waiting for our time to speak. It's that it's that it's it's almost a two part piece where it's we're learning how to share because some people are better at sharing than others. Some people have debilitating fear about public speaking or sharing their thoughts or writing and then that fear is, is share, you know, they, they sort of break through that barrier of fear to, to be able to share in a supportive environment like these group of women that, you, that they speak for. But then the other side is also learning how to be on the receiving end of somebody else's story, showing that compassion and, and accepting them for where they're at in whatever creativity looks like to them.
1: Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because some, you know, I have a couple of students or one of, you know, it's like, okay, but well, this is about writing and it's about so much more than writing. Mm-hmm. To, I don't want to say so much more because writing is, or so, so much also, right? Yes. There's, it's writing and it's also how do we, how do we be really beautifully human together? Yeah. And, and we are in that listening and that speaking and listening and that holding that space and how how do we, you know, where we are really learning to expand our hearts yeah. for ourselves and for each other, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and yeah, and to develop, definitely to develop compassion because these these
0: lives are full and totally. difficult. Everybody's got their own thing, right? Everybody's dealing with their own thing as we were talking about before. And I think what, what's powerful about what you're teaching is that there's no right or wrong answer. Everybody's right.
1: I love to say that. Yeah. Whatever you yeah. write is right. Yeah, that's it. Whatever you write is right. Yeah, there's there's no no, no wrong way to write. And I also love to say, um, you need you write what you need to write, so you can write what you need to write. Yeah. You know? So to, again, to have a sense of of acceptance and compassion for ourselves, you know, the first thing we say, we might need to say a number of things before we say the next thing and the next thing, and so that's part of the practice is mm-hmm. giving ourselves permission again. Uh, to keep exploring our voices on the page and then, and then um, out loud.
0: Could you give us an example of maybe a transformation that one of your writing students has had that maybe they were, you know, completely disengaged or fearful at the beginning and how they've sort of spread their wings as they've gone through this, because I could see this being, as you said before, very therapeutic for a lot of people, especially depending on what they're going through in their life. I'm a huge believer in journaling, so I I get it. But I think a lot of people might feel a procrastination, a resistance to getting started. It's whenever you're trying something new, it's you sort of open the page. If anyone's listening and hasn't really had a journaling practice or a writing practice before, it's kind of like learning a new instrument, right? It's, you don't really know where to start. You don't know what the prompts are and, and how to get going. So maybe you could share a little bit about, you know, a journey that somebody would go on when they're first starting out.
1: Yeah. And I have a couple of, of my students in in mind who I've been working with for a while. So, um, one woman that I started to work with, actually, it a, it's a great little story because um, I, at the time I was doing a year-long mentorship programs with women. This is back in the, uh, it's like 2012, no, 2014, and I just published the Writing Alone Together book, and I was on Salt Spring, and I was in a cafe, sitting in a cafe, and this woman was at the table beside me and she saw me and I guess she recognized me from the cover of the book or something. And a friend of hers had just given her the book, the Writing Alone Together book. And she was, she was a writer. She had been a writer as a teenager, but it kind of dropped it. and Now she was in her early thirties and a mother and going through a lot of stuff around in her relationship and, and, and really wanting to write again. And so she, we we happened to be sitting like right beside and, and uh, she said, hey, look, and she turned around, I, I have your book. Oh, and that's we so started, funny. <laughs> it was so sweet. And we started to talk and, and we were sitting in this great cafe in, in downtown Ganges on Salt Spring Island. Um, and, uh, and I had had this idea of writing in a cafe with women mm. for a while. I think I even have, might have a piece of writing about that in, our, in the Writing Alone Together book uh this you know this fantasy of like what would it be like to gather women in cafes you know and and be writing alone together and exploring that so I said to her you know I've been thinking about that and there was this back room in this cafe and sure enough I don't know maybe within two weeks we started she was my first I was like she said I'll do it and we started to gather women at this cafe in the back room and do this writing alone together practice and so that like I said that was like um I think it was January 2015, and I've been working with this woman since then, off and on for, you know, I guess it was seven years. And she is an extraordinary writer. So really kind of shy and curious and excited, but uncertain to start. You know, like I said, she was going through a lot of challenges, a young mother, lots of insecurity. Once she started to have permission and she started to have a space to herself where she could focus. And she had this space that was safe, but also, you know, accepting of whatever came that just opened up the, you know, the the word gates. (laughs) And she started to pour out this absolutely beautiful writing. And she's never stopped. She's, of course, has lots of journals and is now, you know, she's kept writing. And then a few years after that, I gave a training, uh, again, on Salt Spring, Training professional women, uh, and not to, yeah, uh, women and men facilitators, um, educators, community members, um, psychotherapists, counselors, how to use the reading alone together with their students mm-hmm. and or clients. And this woman took the training, and so started to then work with other people to support oh, them. So she does that now also. Uh, and is continuing to write beautifully and, you know, as this as, aspiration to publish a memoir. And uh, I know she's, uh, I mean, she just keeps going. She's yeah. incredible. So that was, you know, what a, what a, as a coach, right. As a, as a mentor, it's a thrill to watch your students, right. Spread their wings and fly totally. and to be along for the whole part of the journey. The other, I just want, I want to share. Yeah. Because she was, like I said, she was in her early thirties. So, uh, at the same time and actually more recently too i've also been working with women in their 60s 70s 80s so these are women on the like a, the uh, another part of their life right and uh, but also you know whether they're just retiring uh, or they've been retired for a while and they're still a vibrantly alive and wanting to discover what now yeah who am I now what's next how do I spend my time where's my community and I've been working with women like that again also for you know 10 over 10 years and uh, or you know one woman I had was wanting to revive her lost artist because she got so wrapped up in being a mother and a parent and a spouse and and a teacher and she she let it let it go and she had been a writer, a poet and a and a dancer as a young person. So I, I was supporting her in her late sixties, early seventies to like reconnect with that part of her and open up. And I actually create helped her create a performance that she then performed for other people and in celebration of this reemergence of her, her lost artist. Mm. And that was exceptional. And then, yeah, recently too, working with these um eldering, saging women aging, saging women. Uh, what a thrill to to see that it never ends, like mm-hmm. this, this impulse, this desire to know ourselves, to learn about ourselves, to tell our stories, to reconnect to other parts of ourselves and times of our lives, to look into the past, to look into the future, to be in the present, yeah. and all that be inspired by other women of various different ages, sometimes in Actually, recently, I think this was in like, I don't know, it was like March or something. I had, you know, a a young woman in her 20s. Uh, I had some women in their 50s and I had women in their 70s and 80s in a, one group. I mean, talk about...
0: Difference incredible. of generations almost, basically. Uh,
1: and to be to be exposed to the depth and uh, diversity yeah. of voices like that, yeah, it And is life experience
0: that. and all of that, right? Because oh, they all just bring so, so. much different um, energy to the table and and er, their backgrounds and all of that. And that's what what I like about what you've said there is whether it's writing, whether it's painting, whether it's music or dance what all of this is is an expression of self and i think society has put so many constraints around who we are and what we should do and how we should behave and you know what we should how we should act and talk and speak and do this and do that in order to be successful or whatever that we end up getting so brainwashed into how we should be living our day-to-day life that we forget that we are these souls having a human experience and that we can express ourselves in all these different ways. Like whether it's music, whether it's dance, whether it's writing, singing, there's so many people. And especially in my world, in the business world that forget about this other aspect of life. They forget to have fun and play and be fearless and, that there is no right or wrong answer when it comes to these kinds of things.
1: Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes. And you know, I mean, I've been writing for, like I said, 35 years, and I'm continually discovering new ways to, to say things and new parts of myself and new relationships with the world around me, uh, new ways to speak about and write about that. And of course uh, for me, because I dance a uh, new ways to dance it. And also, you know, um, as I've been excitedly sharing with you, this summer I started a whole new uh, artistic um, uh, path, right? And really exciting for me. So I'm now making dance dance films, yeah. short dance films. Uh, and it's it's really good for me because I, you know, it's reminding myself what it's like to start something new and to feel all that trepidation mm-hmm. and anxiety and not knowing Being a beginner. how it's going to go. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Being a beginner yeah. again. And, and like, how does this all work? And what if it doesn't sound right? Or what if my voice is it's just bad, you know, uh, all of that. And then pushing forward and pushing that creating space again. That's what my learning, like all of our learnings, how to create safe and and a kind hearted space so that I could, I could learn. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had to do that for myself in this process and discovering the joy and play in that and the
0: beauty. So I know. Thrilling. And you know so, what? It's funny that you said that story about starting to do filmmaking, because I know that you're not just doing the dance filmmaking, but you're learning all about how to create films and edit them yourself and everything. And it's so funny. Cause I was, as you were saying that, I was like, Oh yeah, that was me when I started podcasting. I remember my first podcast interview. I was so nervous. I was preparing for it for like two hours, and then it ended up just flowing so naturally. And it is again, it's like an expression that I can get on and record by myself or with an with a an, an interview person. And at the beginning, I was. I would I would consider myself a terrible interviewer at the beginning because I was talking over people, interrupting them, talking too much about my opinion versus letting them speak about theirs and and, you know, as you grow and evolve and start to replay the things that you've done in the past, you'll be like, oh, I can improve on that thing or do this better. Or, But at the end of the day, again, there's no right or wrong answer. It's like you just learn and grow. And everybody's a beginner at the start of something new. But we put so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect before we start and to have all the information to know exactly what we're doing. And if if it was a beginner writer, knowing what to write about. And it's like, well, you don't need to write about anything in particular to start writing. You can just get your thoughts out on paper and let it flow. And then it'll, you know, sometimes when you're lying in bed at night and you can't sleep because you're spiraling about some topic, you go and write it down. Then all of a sudden you can sleep, (laughs) right? It's just, it's sort of like a release and, and not getting hung up on the idea of perfection and not knowing what to do. Like that's okay.
1: As I listen to you and I want to acknowledge, I love your podcast. I thank you. I think you have a, a beautiful way about you, how you interview and how you relate with your, um, you know, your interviewees. Uh, so I'm, I'm so impressed. So that's really exciting to hear about your journey of learning how to do it.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It, it was a learning curve for sure. It was, sometimes I was like, Ooh, that was not my best performance. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And that's it too. And, and, and it, can we, can, again, that's against perfection, right? Can we be in process? Can yep. we be the learners, right? The learners yep. and the, and, and experience growing. And, and we all have our, uh, you know, we all have our comfort zones mm-hmm. and we all have our zones that, that push us beyond that. And it's learning uh, mm-hmm. how to navigate those, those places. And that's where supportive, environment is really important to mentor and, and totally. other, other people who can encourage you and remind you it's okay. You know, it's yeah. okay. What you've written is beautiful. And, uh, and all, this is what I received from it. And that's another thing is giving yes. really supportive, nur- nurturing feedback and hearing, Oh, Wow. I had no idea that my writing could touch somebody in that way or that it could inspire you or provoke a memory of yours or, you know, think, help you to think about something in a completely different way. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, you know, to to feel that sense of I can have a positive impact on someone else through writing is really beautiful. Yeah
0: it's so true because you know we are our own worst critics and we always think that somebody's going to judge us or that our writing's not going to be good enough my podcast isn't going to be interesting you know we we can sit and and judge ourselves so much about the quality of the work that we're putting out when in reality the people on the receiving end number 1 uh, and, and this is not in a bad way, but people don't care as much as we think they care about about little things, right? Like um, they care about us, but in a supportive way, not in an analytical, critical way. And so when we share something, what we think might sound silly to them actually sounds beautiful or was very interesting. But it's because we know it so well and it's the story that we've told ourselves so many times in our head that it seems redundant or repetitive, whereas to the listener, this might be the first time they've ever heard this idea or this perspective, right?
1: I'll never forget when I, at that, I think it was even at that first performance or maybe a couple other performances after that where someone came to me, wow, thank you for speaking the words that I needed to say but didn't have, yes. or speaking the unspeakable someone would, you know, totally. another person would say.
0: yeah. Yep right yeah it's like you're almost providing clarity for a for something that somebody was grappling with but didn't necessarily know how to articulate maybe
1: and another thing about this practice of writing freely if you're writing you know whatever you're writing emails or newsletters or um you know business content or um papers for school mm-hmm. or um you know or a a a play or a, a, a you know a novel whatever you're whatever you're writing the act of giving yourself the space to write whatever comes to be in that first flow is so important because the you know there's always time to edit mm-hmm. there's always time to bring in that hopefully discerning you know skillful kind critic uh, I mean, critic,
0: yeah, uh, editor um, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Editor,
1: exactly. The yeah. editor has a place at, at a certain point in our in our writing process. The editor can be really important, and if we bring in the editor from the get go, then we're not giving ourselves the chance to really see what's available. So I know what I know. I wrote a, a memoir in the two thousand, and you know, it's never you never know when you started writing it because these things, right, have gestation yeah. periods and everything. And, but anyways, I, I finished it in 2020. I probably was writing it for about three or four years. And, uh, and there were moments when I was writing about some challenging things. And I remember, you know, being at the page and going, okay, I want to write about this. And, oh, I'm not sure how to write about it. I don't know if I can give it justice. I don't know if I can say exactly mm, what I yeah. want to say. And I could feel that sense of anxiety and tension around, oh, I don't know. And then I would say just right. Yep. Just do what you do, Ahava. Mm-hmm. Just put the words on the page and then you can go back and then you can edit. You will. You know you'll do that, but you're, you can't edit anything if you don't put the words totally. on the page first, if you don't give yourself that permission in that space. Yeah. So I, that's very, very important. And again, it's something it's a skill that we can cultivate and learn if we don't have it right away. So if you buy yourself or a get, friend of yours has given you a journal and you're like, oh, Oh, you know, like oh, how exciting! Oh my god! I don't know, you know, right? It, you can develop the skill to to be on the page in a really fun, beautiful way, yeah. and, and it takes, you know, it takes it takes it's a learning. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think the you know one of the biggest things is just start, right? Just start and and not overthink it. And as you said, just go with the flow. And if it's messy, if it's wild, that's all part of it. So if women want to learn how to work with you and how to express themselves through writing and and learn about more writing techniques and and get part of your community, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and and join your your network?
1: So I have a website. So it's lovinginquiry.com. And there you can subscribe to my newsletter. So as you said, I send out a weekly newsletter on Fridays. And when you subscribe to my newsletter, you also get this free, uh, I guess it's an uh, an e-course. Yeah, it's a download. It's an e-course. It's called Writing Yourself Through Change. It's a, a really beautiful seven module. And again, I'm working with gates. So seven gate practice. And I know so much of us are going through change. I mean, we're going mm-hmm. through change all the time, really. Uh, but there's been a lot of change in, in the recent last couple years. Of years. Oh yeah. my gosh! So these, this is a, 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 a an offering to you, to your, uh, you know, to your listeners, to uh, to go through these gates and learn some skills again around how to use writing as a way to process our our emotions, our anxiety, our fears, and also dream into know where we're going so kind of let go of where we've been dream into where we're going so that's a free gift when you subscribe to at my website so if you go to go to my website you can do that and then i also you know my my email address i'm always happy to receive emails so that's ahavashira at com.
0: beautiful uh, Yeah. And you've got got some courses coming up in the new year. I know that for sure. So we will definitely be looking out for them. And anyone that is a member on your email list will be notified as soon as registration opens for those courses. You have such a loving community of people, not only locally, but internationally as well. I know you've got some participants down in the US and are looking to expand that next year. So I'm really excited to see how this evolves for you, because I think the work that you're doing is so beautiful. I love getting your emails every Friday morning. I usually read them in bed and I'm like, oh, she's really on to something with this one. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining me today. I cannot wait for my audience to jump onto your mailing list and and learn more about the type of writing that you do and, and how you support your community. Is there any last words that you would like to say before we sort of wrap up?
1: I'm really grateful to have the chance to talk about this work. And if you, you know, if you are listening and you have a sense, like you feel like a tug in your heart or maybe it's a tug in your belly or somewhere else in your body uh, um, or even a thought in your mind, like, oh, this is something that I would, you know, I'm so curious. I'd really like to do it, but I'm not sure. Just, you know, send me an email and say hello and say, you know, I'm, I'm curious, I'm interested, I'm scared, I'm nervous you know how do I participate and I I get it you know um again just reminding reminding you how important it is for us to well pay attention to those impulse and also to have the support to do that in in a in a kind and caring way and and yeah all those feelings when we when we want to try something new are completely normal and natural Mm -hmm. and I, I so I encourage you to reach out
0: please yes Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. And I'm so excited to see what's coming up for you in 2023. I think it's going to be a big year for your programs and uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey.